That was Playing for Change, featuring Sarah Bareilles. Every now and then, we come across a truly uplifting story, a human interest piece that strikes a chord, and we have one today. Last week, I spoke to Jeremy Meltzer, who may be known to those of you in Melbourne's and Sydney's Jewish community. Struck by all the two frequent examples of violence against women, when he lived in Cuba in his 20s and later in Miami, Jeremy was moved to set up an organisation to make a difference to the lives of women and girls. And today, being International Women's Day, is an ideal day to bring you this story, as his organisation, I Equal Change, is making a determined effort to triple its efforts to fundraise through retail partners and a group of NGOs, non-government organisations, working around the world. The great news is that you, the customer, get to decide which of the NGO projects will get the money. For three days, a $1 donation has been tripled to $3 when you make a purchase through his partners, and that's going to help make a change for women and girls. They've already raised in excess of $7.5 million. And Jeremy tells us how and why he set up I Equal Change. Speaking with Jeremy Meltzer, Jeremy is behind an organisation called I Equal Change. And uh, this being International Women's Day, the 8th of March, he has a special project on where he's activating I Equal Change to raise more money for the NGOs that his organisation has been supporting for uh, about the past nine years. Jeremy, welcome to Travel Writers Radio. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, that's great. Now, um, from today for, I think, three days, your organisation has got its retailers um, involved in giving $3 for every purchase back to the various uh, projects that you have that are trying to change the world. It sounds like a fantastic idea. How did you sort of come to this point in your life, Jeremy? Where, what's your background and uh, what led you to undertake uh, this philanthropic project of yours? Well, thanks for that, Graham. It's been a, a long journey. I, uh, I lived in, in Cuba, in Latin America, uh, in my early 20s and, and then in Miami. And I saw and heard a lot of violence against women. It was shocking for me. You know, I'm from Melbourne originally, uh, you know, Jewish background. Uh, that just wasn't something I was exposed to. Sure. And then suddenly I was thrust into an environment where it was so common and so persistent and so prevalent uh, such that women thought that's just what men do, that that is actually an expression of masculinity. It's an expression of love even. Mm. that a man would be violent because it means he's jealous and therefore it means that he loves her. And so I left uh, that part of the world feeling very, uh, I guess, confused and, and angry even and overwhelmed and not knowing how I could possibly, one person and especially a man, uh, make an impact on such an enormous issue. But I realised there was a big gap in my knowledge and so I started meeting with NGOs around the world who work with women and girls in some of the most difficult places in the world on some of the most complex issues from girls' education to ending violence to trying to prevent the marriage of girls as young as 13 and 14 in Bangladesh 
to not committing that horrible uh, female genital mutilation and began to realize a number of things around not only the complexity of this issue, but also the incredible work that these NGOs do and realized very early on that even a small amount of new funding, new and sustainable funding would be able to go a long way. And that's where I thought, what if we could find a way to create that new funding that would that would change lives. Wow. Had you dealt with NGOs before? I, I read from your bio that you did spend time in the music industry. Did that put you in touch with, uh, with them? It didn't. I think the experience of the music industry made me also want to reach out for something that was more meaningful, at least to me, that was about something bigger than myself. Right. And so music and, and the, uh, a career in music is, is a beautiful thing to, to pursue. And yet I had become aware uh, during that time when I was trying to pursue a, a, a career as a singer that actually going on all around me was this extraordinary, I mean, we, we know violence against women to be now the most pervasive and systematic human rights abuse in the world. And we all know someone, or we've all heard from someone. I mean, one in three women uh, or girls will be physically or sexually abused in their lifetimes. So statistically, of course, either with a mother, sister or daughter, you know, one of those uh, will be impacted by this. And so I became aware of this issue from almost every woman I'd met. And suddenly, you know, I think we can all recognise when we feel we have a moment. You know, it seems that life calls us... And it's those pivotal moments that actually make us realise where we can be of most service. Right. And, and where we can use our privilege. moment, didn't you, that, that um, changed your life effectively? Yeah, well, there, there was several. I mean, the one that stands out is we almost lost my sisters in the Boxing Day tsunami. And uh, where, where remember, were they, Jeremy? So they were in the Andaman Islands at the time. Yeah. And I was in India at the time. And we started to receive these reports of this incredible tsunami and and people dying. And for five days, we didn't know if they'd survived or not. In fact, Dad was about to fly in and we were going to go out together uh, to the Andamans to try and find them. But after five days, they managed to get some cell reception and let us know that they were alive. And then I stayed in the region and helped out in in Chennai, where about 30,000 people had been killed and then a few weeks later in Sri Lanka. And just had those moments where, you know, after seeing some terrible things, realizing that could have been any one of us, you know, under slightly different circumstances. Mm. And then I'll never forget meeting an Australian man, actually, who was the head of comms for uh, UNICEF at the time. And I'd just come back from, you know, helping out in these sort of makeshift sort of, I guess, refugee situations in Southeast Asia. And I said to him, look, how, how can I help? You know, I'm aware of how fortunate and privileged I am. And I, I've seen such extraordinary heartbreak and, and, and destruction and, and death. And he said to me, look, you, you can fly to the next disaster zone and help out. And that's, that's valid and that is impactful and that's important. Or find a way to build a business that creates exponential impact. Find a way to build an enterprise 
that somehow bridges these worlds and can make long-term sustainable change. And that moment for me, it was almost, it was this powerful moment. I remember we were beneath a full moon in Brooklyn and I just realized what I would have to do and what the answer to that question would be. Of course, I had no idea how to do it, but I just knew that I, I had to try. And why did you decide to do it in the manner you did, which basically is to work with retailers and get them to be part of your partnership and and to effectively facilitate donations by or donations from their customers, I guess is how you'd say it. Is that right? We've actually flipped the models. So, and it's a good question. I mean, I was looking at the way businesses, and, and, and this was several years now, where you know, corporate social responsibility or, or cause marketing was was pretty much in its infancy in, in many respects. And there might be a roundup at the till or a brand might give 5% of proceeds from one shirt. And it just, you know, it was well intended and it made a difference, but it didn't feel transparent. And it wasn't clear to the customer how much money is being raised and where it's going. So I just thought, you know, there has to be a better way to leverage the power of our purchases to create impact. There has to be a way in which we can bridge these worlds such that it's scalable. And also, I always felt that, you know, if a business is asking us to round up, I I always felt that to be a little bit insulting. You know, it's like, well, hold on. We've just bought from you. We know you've made money from our purchase. Where's your skin in the game? You should be giving back. But of course, I, I looked at this pragmatically. It shouldn't be done in a way that is, it's not about telling anyone off. It's about actually, here's the opportunity to build a, a giving component into the customer journey in a way that is not only powerful for the NGO that you'll be supporting, but powerful for the brand. So it can deliver a return for the brand uh, from a marketing perspective so that not only can they be contributing to building a better world, which, you know, fast forward several years now um, is actually a non-negotiable now for businesses and they're scrambling to catch up, many of them, but also can deliver them that marketing return. So in doing so, they continue to commit to giving back ongoing. Right. So you've raised more than seven and a half million dollars that's gone to a range of different projects uh, through NGOs around the world, some in Australia, but um, I see a lot of them are international. How did you come up with the list of projects? And and it's 52 many. Would it be easier to focus on three or four? Well, the brand actually chooses three. So out of that list of projects, and they can filter it based on the, the area that they want to impact. Yeah. The brand chooses, each brand chooses three projects that they would like to give back to. So most brands give a dollar. And to give you an example, I mean, we have some fantastic brands on board like Camilla and, and Ginger and Smart and, and Nobby and, and National Tiles, you know, big, well-known brands. And mm. effectively what they're doing is that every time you buy from them online, there's a little platform that appears post-purchase, which says, you know, thank you for your purchase. We give back a dollar from every sale. You choose where it goes. So of a customer the brand chooses. chooses, that's right. Yeah, that's really the power of it. The customer gets to make that final choice out of the three okay. as to where to send the brand's donation. They, they can then add to it if they want afterwards. Right, the customer can and, do- and put their the own dollar chooses. in if they choose. They can add to it additionally, but yeah. really it's the brand giving back as that okay. first experience. And then there's a little button called track your impact so they can 
see how much they've helped raise and where it's going with, with full transparency. Okay, so you have got 50 projects. What did, what did you start with? What was the first one that you uh, decided to support, Jeremy? Oh, it's a good question. You know, it, it, well, our, our, our focus is uh, the empowerment of women and girls. And one of our earliest projects was, and actually we did an interview with the uh, leadership team this week around the hunger crisis that is uh, evolving into a fully-fledged famine in the Horn of Africa, right. and that's with Plan International. And I remember going to their office, and their focus is girls' education. I said, look, I love what you stand for, and I've just had these experiences, and could we develop a partnership? And, you know, we talked about it, and they said yes. And, and so Plan is a great example of an NGO that is ACFID-accredited, they do extraordinary work. And to give you a sense of the how we choose those NGO projects, so generally they're either ACFID or DFAT accredited. We vet them through the lens of what's considered to be best practice development. So it's, for example, I was in the Rohingya refugee camp about three years ago with PLAN. And for example, the program is run by, by locals. It is staffed by locals. They source from the local community to, to empower uh, local merchants as much as possible. They stay working in the community for, for as, as many years as required. Uh, they work in what's called a, a cluster system, which is uh, in conjunction with other NGOs, so they, they minimise any duplication of effort. And they're experts at what they do. And so we vet and visit the projects as much as possible to be able to not only do that due diligence, but provide content and what we call stories of change I just returned from Cambodia about three weeks ago working with our anti-trafficking partner Hagar up there and I tell you the stories uh, meeting girls who've just been rescued from trafficking is absolutely heartbreaking and it's those experiences and the honour to sit with these people and hear their stories and just realise that they are nothing but victims of inequality and poverty and often a lack of awareness and understanding about uh, how they can get caught up in these trafficking sure. rings. So, yeah, I think we're all aware, Graham. we're living in this fragile time. And uh, it's, uh, what's really heartening is, you know, all of us want to be able to make a difference. We all care about something, right? And what we're hoping to achieve and grow with this movement of vehicle change is, is to provide a destination for consumers. You know, if you're gonna buy something, I mean, arguably, we should all purchase less, right? And just buy really uh, carefully. Mm. But if we're going to shop, shop from a brand that gives back. Shop from a brand that is contributing with every sale to help people and, and now also planet. We're also supporting some environmental projects. Yes, I see that. So because we are now in the midst of the International Women's Day and the celebrations around that, which you've extended, I guess, for three days, what do you want customers to do right away? Do they go to your website and look for something to purchase from one of your partners? That would be fantastic. I mean, go go, go to equalchange.com okay. just the word equal, the letter I, the word equal change.com. Okay. And on the shop brands page, all of those brands are giving back at least a dollar from every sale. But leading into International Women's Day, there's a shop for change link which you'll see and the brands listed there all of those are increasing their giving to give back three dollars right. for three days so starting on march 8 to march 10 these brands are tripling their impact 
to empower women and girls. Okay. And you as a customer can choose which particular project, and I think there are more than 50 listed uh, on the website. It's actually an impressive list, but it starts at home too. You, you know, if you there are cancer uh, charities and uh, various other Australian-based things. There's a men's, not the men's shed, it's a men's, the man cave. What do they do in the man cave, Jeremy? They do good things in the man cave, actually. They're, uh, the man cave travels around the country and they work with young, young boys and young men at school. Right. To help empower them and understand what a healthy masculinity might look like. Right. And the idea is they're working upstream with the goal to minimise, if not end, violence against women. Right. Uh, there, there's a significant recognition globally that we need to redefine, quote unquote, what it means to be a man. And it's really critical that, that school age boys and young men, often, you know, we, we, we don't get modelled respectful relationships at home. I was very fortunate that I, I did, but I know a lot of people, as I'm sure you do and your listeners, who, who, who don't. And so to have that model to you at school is incredibly important about respecting girls and not seeing them just as sexual objects and, and connecting with them as human beings and as friends. And uh, so they're doing great work uh, and really, really powerful work around the country. Well, Jeremy, I just commend you for what you've, uh, what you've done, the change you've obviously already made in the lives of uh, some people and your commitment. You Obviously, you spend your days now as CEO uh, going and checking out all the opportunities around the world. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're a small team and growing, and thanks for that. I mean, we're, we're very passionate. Uh, so, yeah, I still wear lots of hats every day, and uh, but increasingly we, we have a fantastic team who is um, allowing me to uh, the time to um, and really the privilege to speak to you. So thank you for that. And, uh, and yes, reporting back um, from the field, as it were. You know, we really... I've seen incredible impact leaders who are doing amazing life-changing work. And, and to me, these are the heroes in this story. You know, it's not us. It's the retailers in, in, in that they are, they are powering it through their funding. But the hard work is the work of the NGOs, the work on the ground, the complex, difficult work of changing hearts and minds of people, often who have ancient cultural beliefs. And like you say, even in Australia, right, there's enormous hardship, there's food insecurity, uh, and we do all, almost half of our projects are actually working in Australia, right. helping to support Australian communities. So when when listeners go to I Could Change and they shop one of those brands, they'll see that platform appear and they get to choose one of those three projects and where they'd like to send the brands the brands donation. Great idea, Jeremy. Congratulations on it, and uh, hopefully our listeners will will get behind this for the not only for the three days but uh, on an ongoing basis. So thank you again for being with us on Travel Writers Radio. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Jeremy Meltzer, founder of I Equal Change, speaking with Graham Kemlow. For more information or to contribute, go to www.iequalchange.com. I think that's a great concept reader i can't see any holes in it i've looked at it upside down and back yeah i'm about to head uh, as soon as i say goodbye i'm going to i equals change yeah com. i think it's well well worth a look and uh i thoroughly got uh what jeremy meant i could understand how passionate he was and he gave up a career in the music industry to move straight to this sort of volunteering this philanthropic 
uh, business of his life. And uh, interesting that it was triggered by the thought that he might have lost his two sisters in the in the tsunami of 2004 on the Andaman Islands. Oh, so, wow. You know, that was a trigger for it. And good on him. I admire what he's done. And I know he's a bloke talking about International Women's Day. I think uh, we're all stronger for it. Absolutely. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.